What's up, everyone? We're here for another day of Locked On Bucks. And finally, we've had two days off. It feels like we've had a lengthy break since playoff basketball, but the Bucks are back tomorrow. Uh, looking to wrap up the series with the Chicago Bulls. So we're going to look ahead to that game. We're going to discuss teammate of the year, Drew Holiday. And then, Camille, I haven't told you this yet, but I'm going to ask you, what is one thing that is still causing you some concern with this Bucks team? And we'll get into that and see where it takes us. Let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on the show Monday to Friday and the weekends during the playoffs post-game as well. So make sure you don't miss out that. You can also find my work over at ESPN. And alongside me, uh, second shift of the night, the most dedicated podcaster in the business, Camille Davis. Uh, you just continue to put in the double shifts and we really appreciate it. Hey, we, when you love sports and you love Bucks, you know, putting a double shift, it's not really that big of a deal. All right. Well, make sure you check out the first shift of Camille's <laughs> evening technical foul podcast. They had some fun talking lots of NBA, more general NBA stuff, all the other series that are going on, uh, which uh, is pretty action-packed, a pretty fun night again tonight. That Memphis-Minnesota series continues to deliver. We'll see whether yeah. that will go to Game 7. I'm sure we'll get to some general NBA stuff at the end of this podcast. Uh, of course, thank you for making Lockdown Bucks your first listen or first watch. I put out the call yesterday to get us to 3K subscribers on YouTube. Uh, last time I checked, we're at 2.99, which means Ooh. that maybe by the time you're listening to this, we're already at 3K. But if you check it out and we're not, then uh, get us to the 3K and we'll be thrilled uh, with that. We're going to start by talking about, uh, some would say teammate of the year. I'm going to say teammate of the millennium, Drew Holiday, who officially won the award. And it's a little bit of a funny award, uh, Bud read out it looked like and by the way i'll say this i don't think i don't think mike boonholzer if it was up to him and this is just me guessing if it was up to him i don't think he would you know be totally into these like scripted video awards things but he was reading out off a piece of paper it was it was great stuff and i believe the award is uh goes to the player who has most uh whatever the word you want to say best teammate most exemplary uh, example yeah. of a teammate across the league and I think that Drew Holiday fits the bill, and we know what he does on the court, we know what he does off the court, but uh, we knew this before he came to Milwaukee. But I think there's, there's always some time for some Drew Holiday appreciation, the person as well as the player. And clearly this was a man that the second he walked in the door, he fit like an absolute glove. Everyone loves him. And the one thing I'll say, if you watch the video on the Bucks social media, he responds by saying, I hate you all. And, <laughs> and everyone knows this. It, the, the, the true sign of love is when you can tell someone that you hate them and they know that it's all love. Oh, absolutely. The, the amount of times that my best friend tells me to get out of her inbox when I'm texting her and to leave <laughs> her alone. Like, I know I'm loved <laughs> based on that alone. But, yeah, no, Drew Holiday, first two-time winner um, of this teammate award. He also won it when he was with the Pelicans right before I didn't even uh, know he joined the Bucks. Yeah, so 
making history all around. I saw the news late that he won this award, but I do just want to say I like that the NBA has gone back to just announcing awards after the season ends so that I like how they have it recorded now, but just seeing the guys be able to get these awards while they're with their teammates who of course help them get the awards that they're getting. uh, It's really cool to see. And that drew holiday. I hate you all. I expect to see that memed throughout Buck's Twitter and then just the internet at large. It's, it's it's so memeable. Like it's just so many ways you can use that. I hate you all. I I can, I'm going to send it to a couple of friends before uh, this week is over. I guarantee it. I've saved it. Uh, I don't know when I'm going to use it. <laughs> I'm going to use it strategically. Of course, this year we lost one of our favorite memes of memes of all time, which was the the Divincenzo when he obviously left, which is unfortunate. I don't know whether the Kings fans have have taken that one up, uh, but overall, the big picture, and I, I think it was Chris Milton who said this, and we have got a bit of time to reflect on where the Bucks are and what they've done the last few years as they have this game tomorrow. But I remember Chris Milton was the one, and I think he told Eric Name, where we should give him credit for the story because, let's be honest, if someone was writing, it's probably Eric. And oh, yeah. and I think Chris said, uh, no asshole policy or something along those lines. And every guy that they've brought in, and you see this with some other teams with the stuff going on, and it's not lost on me when I'm watching Brooklyn and what happened to that team. And I watched the Lakers through the season and I think Miami gets along, but even the stuff that happened with Miami on the bench and all these other teams, Philadelphia now, it's like, what's going on with this team? To Embiid's throwing pot shots at everyone again in the press conference. And this is why uh, we'll see, but this is why to me, when people get angry at the Bucks and they're getting no media coverage, it's because they're so boring, not boring to me. Not boring to Bucks fans, but boring to the wider landscape because there's nothing going on with this team. They've only brought in people that are going to be great in the locker room. It starts with Giannis, uh, but this is a team that that gets along so well. And Drew Holiday, uh, as I said, Bledsoe, I thought super, super popular in the locker room Mm -hmm. as well. Um, But Drew Holiday just walked in and had the instant respect of this team and uh, I think has only built on it from there. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that, that, that the no assholes policy with the Bucks, And you you see it. And to your point, I was just actually having a conversation with a Facebook friend about they were complaining about how the Bucks don't get enough coverage. Right. And I said, there's, that's just the way that NBA media works at this point. And that's a larger conversation for another time. Maybe that's not the way that NBA media should, media should work, where it's more narrative driven. Um it is kind of shocking at times to turn on like a halftime show, like the ESPN one. And they're not talking about the game that we've been watching, but they're talking about Ben Simmons. And you're like, wait, how did, can we get some analysis on what just happened here? But I learned a few years ago that when it comes to Bucks talk, when it comes to basketball talk about like what you're seeing on the court, generally you're going to find that content in podcasts, like just people who love, eat, breathe, drink basketball. And I've, been filled that way like just getting bucks content getting things to think about and the tv stuff is more so like entertainment at this point like it's it's really just entertainment so you're not going to hear the bucks too often because as you mentioned there's not much going on narrative wise with that team there's the guys like each other um, there's good chemistry there not much drama the only time you heard anything really about the Bucks throughout the series is when they lost the game. And it's kind of like, ooh, now it's 1-1. Can the Bucks bounce back? Chris Milton is injured. So now what can they do? And if that's going to be the context of which we're going to be able to hear Bucks talk at a national level when things are going wrong or people think it's time to panic, I'm cool with not hearing the Bucks name mentioned too much uh, on those shows. And it's been a little bit interesting because I've thought about that and the Bucks get a little bit 
the benefit of the doubt right now because they won the title. So Giannis is kind of on this level where it's occasionally you'll get some people that will say some stuff, but for the most part, he's on a level now where everyone has him in the top couple of players in the world. Everyone trusts him in the postseason. Everyone knows what he's done because he's done it. I I did think what happened if the Bucks didn't win the title and then they had that sort of scratchy start to this series that's where the pressure starts to build and that's where the conversation then they're talking about the Bucs because they're saying, well, they can't do it in the postseason mm-hmm. and clearly a team and they're different because, you know, Utah doesn't have a Giannis, but you look at the coverage of Utah uh, right through this season <laughs> and, and everyone is just absolutely desperate for this team to blow up. They're desperate for this team to fail and it does appear that the pressure can get to that team, but this, yeah, the Bucs have done it. Uh, next series, if they get there against Boston, I think you're going to see a lot of coverage. Yeah, and not time for us to preview that since we still have business to take care of against Chicago, but that series there, I have a lot of thoughts about what a Boston-Milwaukee series could look like in the second round. Um, And yes, the coverage will definitely ramp up because that should be a very competitive series. Um, That one might go the distance. All right, we're going to get to what you may be concerned about this Bucks team. And it can be for game five or it can be big picture. It could be for the rest of this series if the Bucks don't win this game five. So we're going to get to that after I talk about Shady Rays, a uh, fantastic sponsor of our show here. It's an independent sunglass company that gives you the features of 200 bucks sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames and premium high-end finishes. Also something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays Insane Protection Program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every pair. They will send you a brand new pair. If you lose them, no matter what happened, give them a try. And if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays exclusively for our listeners. Head to ShadyRays.com. Use the code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized polarized sunglasses, I should say. Uh, That's code LOCKEDON for the best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses. Uh, of course, Shady Rays is backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. Game five coming up tomorrow. That's a 6.30 p.m. Central Time tip. Camille, you're not going? Are you going? No, I'm not going this time. I'm not going this time. Have you, did, you I go need to a, to, uh, did you go to a playoff game? No. I have not been to a playoff game over the last few years. So I, I didn't go to any of the games last year. I haven't been this year so far. Um, I think I'm getting older, Kane, to the point where hmm. when it comes to playoff basketball, I, I prefer to be in my in my home um, where I'm able to have some conversations, able to step outside, take a walk around really quick if I need to cool out <laughs> um, from right. the stress of the games. But, yeah, I, I haven't been to a playoff game. i might be interested in that Boston one, depending on how it how it's looking. But yeah, I enjoy watching games at home where I can yell and decompress. <laughs> All right. So, what right now about this Bucks team is causing you the need to decompress and take a walk outside? Whether it's uh, this series, what you've seen in this series, uh, potential concerns moving forward, where you're at. Um. Well, first, Chris Middleton's health. Is, is the very first concern. Um, the Bucks, I felt, were, were deep enough. Uh, I feel like they're good enough to beat Chicago without Chris Middleton. But the concern comes in the next round. 
where you're going to need all of your dogs in this fight because Boston is not going to go out easy. Boston is a team with a lot of big wings that can switch, that can defend. They will play basketball the right way. If you overhelp from the corners, they're just going to pass it to the corner, try to get that easy three. Grant Williams has showed us that he can knock those down now. Um, that's my biggest concern. And also just looking at the Bucks roster construction, Chris Middleton is literally our only big wing. Like every other, other guards are like five or six, four, six, five and under. And then you have all the bigs like six, nine and up. So it's, it's this weird spot where we don't really have any big wings outside of Chris Middleton and going into a series against Boston, for example, where they have some very dominant wings. Um, it's a little bit of a concern there for me there with that. Um, and honestly, this might sound um, like a Homer thing to say, but I'm concerned about the Bucks being the Bucks. Like, I don't want them to show up like they did in game one or game two against Chicago, where it's a lot of self-inflicted mistakes. Like in the playoffs, every possession or possession is amplified. Everything matters. You cannot waste possessions. And, and against Chicago in game one, they were able to do that and still get a victory. In game two, it did not work out that way. You start playing some, uh, no disrespect to Chicago, but some better competition, like a Boston, and your your chances to win when you're making mistakes and shooting yourself in the foot, it's it's low. Like they're going to capitalize on that, and it's it's just going it's going to be off to the races. So that's a concern of mine. Where it's like I just need the Bucks to to be sharp. I need the half court offense to make sense, the spacing to be right, defensively, rotations need to be sharp. Don't overhelp where you don't have to overhelp. And just, yeah, the Bucks themselves scare me because I've seen what they can do when they're not all on the same page, when they're not, you know, playing with the effort that they need to be, when they're not locked in. And I've also seen the Bucks when they have everything rolling and it is an impressive show to see. I just need the championship Bucks to show up more times than not in this upcoming series. And it generally starts on the defensive end and you could tell in the first two minutes of game three against Chicago that you're like, okay, uh, this looks like a team that has got to kick up the ass is down Mm -hmm. one of their key players and understands how they can win this team and how they can shut the door on the bulls and not give them any more hope uh, in game three and then game four. We'll see what happens tomorrow. So defensively, I think that they're fine. Uh, We've spoken about the fact that, you know, against Chicago, they are a team that you can go big and it'll be fine. I don't think the, Portis, Giannis, Lopez lineup necessarily works in the next series. In fact, I don't think it does. So you're going to have some decisions to make there uh, regarding Chris Milton. But defensively, I think that they're fine. Uh, In regards to Chris being the wing and the size, I think, again, defensively, I think that with West and Drew can obviously slide up. Pat is, you know, a decent defender there. And then, of course, you do have Giannis as well. I mean, you've probably got enough bodies there. I, th- I think for me, and you kind of touched on this, and I think you're right, uh, ultimately, we haven't really seen the impact of Chris Milton being out of the lineup yet on the offensive end because the Bucks have been hitting threes. and mm-hmm. But we know that historically, that's not always the case in the postseason. And then if you really nail it down and say, well, okay, who are the guys on the Bucks roster that can create their own shot, that can play in isolation? Now, obviously, Giannis, like, I'm not... Yeah, he can get his own points. There's no doubt about that. And he's going to be able to create and facilitate for others. But you do turn into a team where it's like, Giannis, we're asking you to do everything. We're asking you to drive into four guys and either dunk on them or create for an open three-pointer. And you'll get the other guys like, you know, from time to time, 
Grayson Allen, as we've seen, could put the ball on the floor. But I don't think that Grayson Allen as a driver, I don't think these guys are the guys that you want to do it. Drew Holiday can step up. But uh, my concern is what happens if the Bucs aren't shooting threes, then what happens to the offense? The opposition could do different things. And it's not against Chicago. I mean, Chicago, again, we spoke about it. This isn't a series that, you know, the Bucs should lose even without Chris, even though he's a significant piece. I think you should probably be fine. And we'll see if they can close it out. But thus far through two games, they've been fine. But moving forward, it is the one question about the Bucs. It, when Chris is cold, when he's not hitting shots, you see it. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, my goodness, his offense is starting to look a little bit sketchy. So that's probably the big concern for me. Yeah, and that's extremely valid because, as we know, when the playoffs, things slow down and we get your half-court sets, it's sometimes just about go and get a bucket right now. Like, go and get one. We need one in this moment. And Chris Middleton has delivered time after time, although if you check comments, there are some people who still don't see the value of a Chris <laughs> Middleton which I, I still don't get, but I promised I was not going to argue with people about how good Chris Middleton was anymore, but you really missed that offense and drew holiday to a certain extent um, can, can try to go and get you a bucket, but he can't get to it in as many ways as Chris Middleton, in my opinion, where Chris will take difficult shots. He'll take tough shots and they will be quote unquote good for him um, because he's shown in the past that he can make these types of shots where Hand in the face, I understand, but you're too little. I'm going up with it. Or even hand in face, but I have to shoot this right now, and I'm going to shoot it. And as we've talked about before on this show, Chris Middleton's growth as a shooter, as a scorer, not even just a shooter, but just as a scorer where if he has, if he's having a game where it's not falling for him, he continues to shoot because he knows at some point it's going to have to drop. And without him there, you're relying a lot on Giannis, like you said, and you're relying a lot on Drew Holiday. And to Drew's own admission – in the playoffs especially, he's a little bit more tired when it comes to the offensive end of the court because he's exerting so much energy defensively. And you look ahead to a series against Boston, and you're talking about Jason Tatum. You're talking about Jalen Brown. Um, he's, he's, it's going to be tough to have that two-way energy and then also be one of the top shot makers on the team on the other side. Yeah, and that's why I think the role of Wesley Matthews, and this is why I Prior to the postseason, I was like, I think you have to start West because even against a team like Chicago where you've got two guys and Zach Levine's been a little banged up, I think that's been clear. He hasn't been his usual self, but uh, it's almost a nice lead-in from Levine and DeRozan into Tatum and Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel I feel like we have to keep qualifying it if they get there, but that, that, it, it is a nice lead-in uh, to those type of guys and then moving forward if they got through. I mean, every team from that point on is going to have those wing scorers. So that's why I think the West Matthews role Uh, has been so important for this team. So we'll see how it all plays out. And again, I think a big part offensively, Giannis creating, kicking, guys are knocking down those threes. Uh, Pat Connaughton is a man I would like to see uh, break out of his mini slump that he's in right now. But overall, uh, I think defensively, I'm not as concerned. I think at this point in his career, Chris isn't the defender he was six years ago. And that's fine because you need him to be the offensive uh, guy, and I think that he does open himself up to criticism, Middleton, because of your, the point you made that he takes such tough shots that when he's missing them, they look like awful shots. But <laughs> historically, he's been the guy that's been efficient from those zones. So we'll see. Obviously, that's a big question mark moving forward for the Bucks. But offensively, I still have some questions, and I do get the sense in su- in certain circles, uh, some Bucks fans, in my opinion, are heavily, heavily underestimating this Boston team. But we'll have plenty of time to get to that if we need to. But first, one thing that is always going to be with us is Built Bar. 
the best tasting protein bar that's ever been made. Uh, well, we're in April now. I just had to think about it. So if anyone <laughs> listening to the podcast is still sticking to their New Year's resolution, particularly if it's a dietary New Year's resolution, then you deserve some sort of award. Uh, you also deserve Built Bar. So if you're still sticking to it, but you're starting to get a little bit shaky, then go to Built.com and get yourself a huge mix box of Built Bars. And I'm telling you, you're going to be loving it. The calories will be down. This is going to be good for you. You'll have good energy. You get out, you exercise. It's good for a pre-exercise snack or post-exercise snack. So uh, go check out Built Bar if you haven't already. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Uh, you can get all the dietary information on the website. You'll be absolutely blown away. But it's high protein, low calorie, high fiber, and low carb. Heaps of different flavors from coconut to cookies and cream, mint brownie. You can check them all out. At the website, just use the code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, so I guess the other big news that we should hit to, and I spoke about Zach Levine, so uh, he's not going to be playing in this game five, and I almost forgot about this. This just came to me then. I, I think I was I was talking about Built Bar. And I was thinking, what happened to me if I get COVID and I'm stuck in the house for seven days? I better have a good supply of Bill Bar to get me through the seven days. So I think that's what reminded me, reminded me of it. Uh, but look, for Chicago, not that we're here to feel sorry for the Bulls, but geez, Caruso, I, I think, is questionable with the concussion. Yep. Levine's out in the health and safety protocols. Uh, so it's crazy. I actually don't know what the rules are around testing now. Maybe they reported some of that. But I, I mean, there's no daily testing going on right now across the NBA. It's a little bit harsh that I saw some people tweet and their first response was, oh, no, here we go. What's going to happen to the Bucks?" And it's like, okay, well, the guy, hopefully the guy's, <laughs> hopefully the guy's feeling well, first and foremost. Right. We'll, we'll see what happens moving forward. But it is a little bit of a reminder that this is still there and it could potentially derail things. The words health and safety protocols have been kind of gone from NBA when you think back to where we were around the Christmas period. But oh, man. Um, needless to say, a significant, significant blow for the Chicago Bulls and just adds to the fact that take care of business, Milwaukee. Absolutely. And I tweeted about that earlier where it's like, I know we're two years into this pandemic now. Everybody's probably sick of COVID, no pun intended, but like it's still part of the world that we live in and it's going to be part of our sports as well. So to see that he has a health and safety protocols, that he's in that, we've had a couple of other coaches and just some sprinklings of players getting into health and safety protocols when, like you mentioned, we haven't really paid too much attention to that since the Christmas surge that was having all kinds of players having NBA comebacks because they just needed bodies at that point. So Bruce, I'm hoping well, he's still on the roster, by the way. Greg Monroe, shout out to him. Yeah, Greg Monroe latched on somewhere. Um, we had the Joe Johnson time. So it, it was it was a wild year. But it's still here. That's that's the the point of all of that. It's still here, something that we have to be considerate of and hope that you know players are taking um, proper safety precautions that they need to be. And then everyone just who doesn't end up in the protocols uh, is okay. Uh, very first off, hope Zach Levine is all right. Um, and then as a reminder, like that's the time that we're living in right now where health and safety protocols can change everything. We saw with the Clippers where Paul George enters into that during the very last playing game, and it changes the whole dynamic of that team. Um, it's unfortunate for Chicago. Like I've said, 
I can understand why their fans were so excited about this team at full strength when they had Lonzo, when they have Caruso, when they have Zach Levine not having the knee issues, when DeMar DeRozan was cooking. I understand it. And to see where they are now with their season on the line, no Caruso, no Levine, just a lot of DeRozan coming up, some IO coming up, Pat Will minutes. Like it's it's not exactly how they pictured it going. And I can understand that. Um, it's unfortunate for them, but like you said, for the Bucks, it is time to take care of business. It's not the time to play with your food. Just take care of business, get the job done, and then move on to the next round. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we you pointed to it, but uh we should, I should say shout out to our friends over at Locked on Bulls, by the way, Pat and Hayes, who yeah. I've been listening to their shows along the way. They do an awesome job, by the way. And yeah. after game two, uh, there was natural excitement. And they, sh- they should have had excitement because it really, uh, I've said this, but I thought the Bucks were lucky not to be down 0-2. And they were doing everything that made them successful in those first two games. And now, uh, obviously, things have, have fallen apart uh, a little bit here in the last two games. But yeah, for the Bucks, don't mess around. Uh, Finish this game in the first half. Go into halftime with a big lead. Crush this team. You know everyone can focus on DeMar DeRozan. Make sure he doesn't get off the chain. Cover the three-point line, and the Bucks should be fine in this game, but we'll see how it plays out. Hey, before we wrap it up, the Philadelphia 76 They couldn't, could they? Listen, if Philly loses game six, I'm calling it. I am going to call it. If If... Because as I'm not sure if people realize this, but Toronto was the first team to force a game six when starting a series down 0-3 since our 2015 Milwaukee Bucks when we were yeah. down against the Chicago uh, Bulls. Okay, Had what happened whole- in that game six, though? Milwaukee lost blowout. by 7,000 <laughs> 7, points. So let's hope that Toronto can deliver a little bit better than that effort. Someone has to be first. Someone is going to be the first team to come back from 0-3. And the way that things are cooking up in this Philly-Toronto series with Joel Embiid having the thumb problems, James Harden looking like a shell of his former self, uh, Tobias Harris turning back into a lesser version of himself that we've seen over the years. It's it's for the taking for Toronto. I thought Toronto was going to win the series straight up before it started. Um, The first two games did not go the way I thought they would, which made me kind of question that. But game three is when you started seeing like Toronto was figuring it out. The ending did not go their way with the heartbreaker three at the buzzer. But then game four and game five, you see them sticking to it and really getting after it, finally excelling in the areas I thought they would. Um, I guess the 76ers that they didn't in the first two games with the fast breaks um, and the rebounding advantages and, I don't know, Toronto's just a freaky team where everybody's six seven, six eight, except for Fred Van Vliet. And they just they just switch everything and they just cause havoc with their long arms and <laughs> all over the place. They're a pain in the ass. They are a massive yeah. pain in the ass, this Toronto team. And I and this is why I thought leading into the playoffs, like out of the teams, including Brooklyn, I was like, for some weird reason, I, and maybe it's just Toronto paranoia, I don't know. But I was like, I think that this team is going to be really tricky. And I was I was stunned. I was shocked that they were down 3-0 because I thought that Philadelphia were there for the taking. And then when Van Vliet gets hurt, you think, geez, well, this is going to be a sweep. That's a really disappointing series. But now they're back. Philadelphia is going to have all types of... Remember, they lost to Atlanta last year when they were extreme favorites. They lost the Game 7 at home 
So I know this isn't some new take, everyone's saying this, but if they do force a game seven in Philly, that building is going to be, it's not going to take much for that building to completely turn on that team. They're booing and they're, they're always booing, but they, yeah. it won't take long uh, for them to turn in that team. So it's, oh, it's fascinating. It is going to be really mm-hmm. fascinating. I can't wait to see that. And uh, speaking of Atlanta, they're gone tonight as well. So yeah, strange times around the NBA. And now, Hopefully, we can be the next team. We, I don't know, often say we. Hopefully, the Bucks can be the next team to get through. And uh, and then we sit around and wait and see when this game would be. I still think I think, I still think it looks like Sunday. Uh, I, I believe I read something that uh, the Miami and uh, whatever series, whoever it'll be, I think game one was going to be Monday. I thought I read that somewhere. So, yeah, I would think the Bucks would probably be Sunday if yeah. they win tomorrow, um, which is not far away. And again, we talk about being on the clock, so we'll see. But we'll be back post-game, Camille. And hopefully uh, celebrating a, a series win. We'll see what happens. Hopefully. Hopefully. All right. Make sure you check out the Technical Foul Podcast, as all as always, I should say, with Camille and the, the crew over there. They'll probably talk about Philly a bit more, all these mm-hmm. other series. So go out over there and check that out. And for us, we'll be back post-game, uh, like I mentioned, wrapping up Game 5 between Bucks and bulls so for camille the most dedicated podcaster in the business and myself have a good night day wherever you are in the world we'll catch you guys after the game